0: Let's turn this around. Let's aim it at Jesus right now. So, Jesus, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for what you've done tonight. We thank you, Holy Spirit, you have been present all night. (laughs) You're a 24-7 party. (laughs) Oh, man. You have permission to have a party at any stage that you like whilst I'm talking. (laughs) At some stages, if you're feeling slightly bored, please have a party. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. <clears throat> well, um, just on the back of what Tim was saying um, about school, I count it a privilege to have been able to do the school, and the reason I say that is that there are people. In our environment, who have worked hard in the possible sense of saying out of rest, but the reason we are seeing what we're seeing now is because there are people that have gone ahead of us and have set it in place, so that we can come into an environment where the presence of God is so present that we don't have to work hard at all. And so, in terms of um, our identity, when you when you do the school that that first year in terms of your identity is key. In fact, a lot of what I'm going to talk out of tonight comes out of knowing who we are whose we are and the authority and the power that we carry but then you move on into the second year into this sort of thing if you do the generic in the first year and then the second year really looks and drills down into the uniqueness of who we are as individuals so it's like when you look at the gifts of the holy spirit um i'm talking about healing tonight and other aspects around that you know how it looks for me is going to look different to how it looks for you because you're unique. So how you manifest the gift will be different. And that's the idea because we're all parts of one body and all different shapes and sizes. But we all come together as Holy Spirit uh, joins us together. And we're building a maturity. We're becoming uh, this bride that Jesus is, is waiting for in terms of... It's just you know, gorgeous, I think, you think about it. But that's what school does. Uh, well, it does a lot more, actually. Um, so... <laughs> It challenges. Actually, the one thing I would say about that in terms of school, and it was mentioned this morning, I think David Webster had a word, and I'm going to release it again, that there are maybe people here who want to do the school but feel that finances are an issue, and who are saying that you're asking the wrong question. My own story is that I I was in the ambulance service. There was no way I was going to be able to do it with shifts. But then something changed, so I took a step. Something else changed. I took a step. I went for a job that was 22 and a half hours a week. I couldn't have survived on that. They then gave me 30, which in terms of paying for the school was difficult. But then someone came and paid half of my fees every year. That's the provision of God when you just take that step. That's you growing in faith, and actually the first step that you can take in terms of school is that, and that's the, one of the biggest lessons that you learn. So, I won't go on any more about that. <laughs> um, just, it was just fascinating, you know, during worship. The, there are three things that I want to touch on tonight: um, disappointment, courage, and testimony. So, that's it. We can sit down now then. (laughs) Because basically, God said it. It's awesome. So, um, I've got some stories. Do you want to hear some stories? Okay. All right. So, um, healing center yesterday. Um, I'm going to be non-specific about these. Uh, You will not be able to identify people. Um, There was someone who came who has a a long-standing neurological condition which affects his breathing. Um, and as he arrived through the door, um, Leslie, who's a student of the school, announced that God was healing breathing conditions. Yeah. <laughs> he took a hold of that and later on said that as soon as he came into the room and he heard that, his breathing improved. Yeah. So take a hold of that. If you have problems with breathing, what the, the nature of testimony is do it again. There's something that happens in the spiritual atmosphere when stories are released. The realities of heaven are more present. Um, I'm not going to go into... Shall we go into this now? I'm going to tell you another story. We're going to be back to front. Um, some folk reported the backs being healed, one person in particular, their banker being clonking. In fact, two people reported clonking joints being healed. <laughs> so does everyone, anyone here have clonking joints? I'm, I'm serious. Does anyone here... Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> what clonks? <laughs> Sorry? Lower back. Okay. Um, do you want to just release healing grace over his lower back? Because <laughs> we're just releasing the testimony. So if I would just thank you for the do it again, the healing torrents of your grace right now to that back in Jesus' name. And we just say, clonking, <clears throat> stop. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I want to leave you to to check that out in the way that you want to and and do what it is that you feel you need to do to check that out. (laughs) If you need to do stairs, go do stairs. It's fine. Um, A lady who had numbness to their leg due to a back injury. Uh, The sensation was restored to their leg and they were walking around the auditorium. There was one story of a lady who came in with a, a stick and she had fallen off a horse 60 years ago. And she had had chronic back issues. And also because of the, the way she changed her... She was walking, a problem with her Achilles. She'd been prayed for and she was just walking out. And I just looked at her and I knew God hadn't finished. So we had a conversation and she explained... In very simple prayer, all the pain left her back. And then all the pain left her Achilles. And she was wandering around carrying her stick. But do you know what the most beautiful thing was when you take a moment to ask people their life story, I, I can't go into the details, but she has lived an incredible life, which she felt was coming to an end in terms of the things that she had done. But what God did yesterday restored hope and gave her a new lease of life, which, yeah, which means that she can now dream again at the age of I think seven, mid-70s, she is dreaming again about living a life, full life for Christ and the things that she's done. So your invitation is to be healed. Um, that's, that's your invitation. And you can grab a hold of that. Um, I would suggest just, just pay attention to what God's doing in your body as, as the evening goes on. If you feel you'd like to check things out, if you came in here with pain... Um, feel free just to check and see what God's doing, you know, um, because he's doing it. That's, that's his nature. I was thinking there was so much of his presence. There was a sense of breakthrough earlier on that you don't just get a little bit of him. You get all of him and then you get to touch that part of him that you need for yourself. So present right now is all the fullness and the nature of heaven, of the nature of the Father and whatever you need He wants to give it to you. And in fact, in some ways, with testimony and the breakthrough, he's actually done it, and sometimes it just needs an act of faith, and that takes courage to go and check these things out. So, okay. (laughs) Um, Can we have the uh, first scripture up? It's Matthew 8, verse 16 to 17. If you have got your your Bibles, if not, it will be up on the screen there. I've, I've, I've put a title on this for "Sign Up for the Fight." You could have a subheading which would be "Not Everybody That We Pray For Is Healed." Dot dot dot. Yet. I know it's about shouty capitals for the "yet." It's like shouty capitals. So, you know, it's like it's not when you get a text from someone, you know, and they're, I don't know, they just shout at you in the capitals. So, I'm shouting at you. I'm shouting at you. The yet. Okay. This is what we're going to live in, exist in. for for a while. Okay, so, Matthew 8, verse 16 to 17. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word, and he healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. Why so do I propose to you? And the truth is that healing is central to the good news of the kingdom. Everyone that came to Jesus was healed. And what I believe is when you become aware of truth, then it is literally um, accepting nothing less than what we know to be true and is available and possible, and then to go after it until we see it. And I feel like tonight there's an invitation to, to step into that, See, victory in this area can bring moments of great celebration, joy, tears, and then defeat, or at least I would say seeming defeat, can lead to tears of a very different sort. Um, And I kind of have this idea and this picture of this being like an undulating battleground, such is the sort of terrain that we can find ourselves on when we choose to take up this fight. This comes out of... A decision that I made back in July 2015, I'm going to share a little bit around that and then we're going to just hit a few things that I think are probably quite helpful if you choose to take up the invitation. Um, My Bible has the names of three people written in the back of it. Um, An eight-year-old girl who's registered blind, say who is, you don't know what's happened now, do you? But at the time was registered blind, A, a young father in a wheelchair and his daughter, And I wrote their names, the issues, the fact that they weren't healed, and the date. And I was part of a a healing team when we were down at a a, a town on the southeast coast. And it was a tent, and there was a big churches together meeting. And we were experiencing the presence of God. People were experiencing the presence of God. People were being healed. There was much joy, much celebration. And into this walks the eight-year-old girl with her friend. Her friend leads her by the hand. She's registered blind, and we pray for her, and nothing happens. And she thanks us, and she walks out. And I, I don't particularly at that stage register what I'm feeling, but I felt something. <clears throat> we carry on, and we're seeing God do beautiful things. We had a guy come in, he couldn't walk properly, he gets prayed, he runs out and kicks a football. You know, I, just amazing. I mean, people were being touched by the presence of God. And then into, comes, into this comes the gentleman in the wheelchair with his daughter. And we pray, and nothing discernible happens. And he leaves, still in the wheelchair. And I kind of take a step just out of the side of the tent, and I'm just watching them off, just making their way off. And the uh, the seven-year-old daughter suddenly turns around and comes running back to me. And she looks at me, and she's got these beautiful, beautiful brown eyes, and her eyes lock onto mine. (sighs) And she says... Thank you for praying for my daddy. She had this great smile on her face and she said, thank you for praying for my daddy. And I'm literally holding back tears. And there was a moment of just trying to encourage her. And and then she runs off and she's skipping alongside her father's wheelchair. And in that moment, something happened. I started to feel something and I had a decision at that point. Do I go back into the tent and join in with what God's doing or do I allow this thing to start having an effect on me? And I was feeling angry and I was feeling disappointed. But as I admitted and I actually allowed that stuff to form in me, what happened was God put his compassion and his love in me in that moment. And I started to say, that is not okay. That is not okay. And in amongst all of that, I felt like heaven was placing this phrase within my heart was, that was, this has to matter. This has to matter to you. This has to matter. And in that moment, I could take you to the, the spot, well, probably it's been mown a few times now, but I could, t- <laughs> I could take you to the spot in the field where I stood. And I made a decision in that moment to respond to what heaven was saying. I made a decision to commit myself without reservation to join the battle to see healing fully re-established as central to the good news of the kingdom and to go after what matters. To go after what matters. Often we hear the phrase, and it is true. And in fact, yesterday at Healing Center, we said it a few times because, in fact, someone came in with something and then God revealed something else and they didn't necessarily feel it was of any consequence but God dealt with that and that then increased their faith and it's we kind of say well if it matters to you it matters to God I think there's a moment where we can actually turn that around and say father God what matters to your heart because if it matters to you it matters to us so what I've been discovering and what I think we can discover when we take up this this challenge this this glorious journey that it is actually a journey of courage And it is a glorious adventure in faith. It is a glorious adventure in faith. And it is a battle that's motivated by love, from a place of rest, by sons and daughters who have settled in their hearts that God is good. And it then means that we can live in the freedom to risk and experiment with the goodness of God. We can have fun. We can have fun with the goodness of God. He's not precious about his goodness. He's actually got a really good sense of humour. I mean, he created us to have humour. Sorry, I was... Sorry. It's awful, isn't it? Do, do finish your sentences, Sasha. I oh, know, so it's like he created the giraffe. Um, yeah. Anyway. What? <laughs> I think what we can learn about this, and it is a phrase that we've heard, and if you've been around this sort of environment, there are some phrases that I'm going to use that are almost generic phrases. They can become almost like Christianese. I make no apology; It's the only way I'm going to make my point. That the kingdom of heaven and the heart of its king cannot be fully represented without signs, wonders, and miracles. When you read the gospel, the super... (laughs) Oh, okay. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are quite welcome to interrupt. (laughs) In the Gospels, the supernatural display of his love and power are most often demonstrated through healing. And I, I, I kind of have this sense, it's a whole thing of love and power going hand in hand and learning what that looks like. Love and power go hand in hand. Because love without power cannot bring the supernatural. Love itself is good. It's good to be kind, sympathetic, and compassionate. But human love, though created to love, void of the supernatural influence of our Heavenly Father, in other words, if we don't have the love of God which comes to us and fills our hearts with the Holy Spirit, then it is void of power to change situations, the impossible. So supernatural resources can only be released through love and power. <clears throat> and then similarly, power without love can get a little bit ugly. And to be honest with you, in that moment at the tent, I, I like being a bit vulnerable but not oversharing. So, um, But that moment at the tent, my heart was, was kind of laid bare in some areas. And it it, it was a good thing. So love without power, I think I'm just going to leave it with, with, with you guys. Go and look at 1 Corinthians 13. Because that gives you an idea of what it looks like and sounds like. One of the other things that we start to realize is that healing is an expression of the outrageous, unrelenting torrent of grace that flows from the heart of God. It's unrelenting because he's unlimited. It will never stop. You can't stop it. (laughs) You can't stop his grace. It's unrelenting and it's a torrent. It's an abundant grace that flows from his heart. I, I love reading books about revival, I love reading books about healing and, and other stuff. I've tried to broaden my interests, but it, it kind of always comes back to one thing I make no apology. I'm I'm trying, I am trying. Um but John G. Lake John G. Lake um he's quoted as saying Jesus did not heal the sick in order to coax them to be Christians. <laughs> he healed because it was his nature to heal. Now, a little side note, we do want people to come to know Jesus. A little bit more of a side note, and I'm going to be careful not to go down this rabbit trail because I'm kind of prone to do that. Um, you, You probably are aware that there are ways that people access healing outside of the power of God that are apparently effective. I I kind of have this thought sometimes that people aren't necessarily impressed with healing. Uh, Sometimes, and it's happened out on the street or in in, in encounters. At work recently, I had one lady. She she is a seer, but she's not yet in a full relationship with Jesus. And uh, I I prayed for her about some issues. She said, oh, yeah. She said, yeah, you've got healing hands. I can feel it. She can see things. And she's not impressed by healing. What we're doing, actually, in that realm is we're actually taking back what's been stolen and redeeming it and bringing it back into its full purpose. Because healing itself brings people into a relationship with Jesus or reveals aspects of Father God's nature. So he healed because it was his nature to heal. But what we get to... <clears throat> I think the thing that actually... When you start to realize that this unrelenting torrent of grace resides, resides in us, that's a game changer. The unrelenting torrent of grace resides in us. In John 7:38, 38, um, Jesus is basically at the end of the festival and he stood there and he says, whoever is thirsty, come to me and drink. He's going to give you this drink. I'm going to give you this drink and whoever believes in me Rivers of living water will flow from them. And he was talking about the Holy Spirit that hadn't yet been poured out. So we have Holy Spirit in us. Um, I've, I've kind of mentioned Psalm 36 before. I, I love Psalm 36 from about 5 through to about 10 or 11. I love that part of that psalm. There's, there's one verse that I just wanted to look at in relation to this which is, it says that you give them drink from the rivers of your delight. So Jesus is saying, I will give you drink, and rivers will flow from you. He's saying that Father God will give us drink from the rivers of his delight. Now, when you do a word study on that, you can almost get drunk doing the word study. It's, (laughs) give them drink. Or, and I think in the NLT it's have their fill, uh, means to be saturated, oh this is Strong's by the way, so it's legal. Um, Strong's, it says, to be saturated, intoxicated and drunk. River is translated, or can be translated as torrents, and delight can be translated as the word pleasure. And that comes from the root, Eden. Eden was where everything was good. Eden was the center of his pleasure. That we were literally in the center of his pleasure in his presence. So when we say, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, the word will here can be translated as pleasure and desire. We know there's no sickness in heaven. No, so, therefore, there should be no sickness and disease on earth. That's his will, his pleasure, his delight. So, basically, what we get to see is that as we drink, as we allow ourselves to be saturated and intoxicated in the torrents of his pleasure, it flows out of us and accomplishes his will, his pleasure, and his delight. There's a church father called Iranius. I hope I've said that right. Good. <laughs> Close. And he says healing is the natural activity of Christians as they express the creative power of God given to them as members of Christ. Two Peter one four says that we share his divine nature. So it's a natural activity for us because we are spiritual beings who share His divine nature. We have the Holy Spirit within us. We have rivers of living water flowing from us, the torrents of His pleasure wherever we go, His delight, His pleasure, and we have permission to be drunk and saturated and to- intoxicated in it. It actually is okay. And the more we soak, the more we drink, the more it flows. The more can be released. The more can be released. And it's just this natural activity. So I'm talking about healing but basically when you walk or when we walk into a place, we are walking with this torrent of pleasure just being released wherever we go and heaven breaks out. Whatever that looks like for the person that needs something in that moment. Um, <clears throat> Has everyone got some laughing muscles ready? Good, good, good. There are a number of lies that center around healing, and, and I'm not going to go after all of them, because that would take a long time. Um, but I want to go after one. Okay. You have permission to laugh at this. In fact, we are going to laugh at this. Because I, have, because I am facing challenges in my own body... I cannot expect the sick to be healed when I pray for them. (laughs) 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. the person in front of me has the same condition that I currently have, I cannot expect God to heal them through me. <laughs> Who has thought like that sometimes? Oh, three of us, great. And they're all on the front row. <laughs> Yay, that's where the honesty is, all on the front row. Okay, good. Um, I would hate, I would hazard a guess that. A large percentage of us think that way. I have, have thought that way at times. Do you know what? It's not necessarily that you've had that thought. That we're in a battle. You know, this undulating battleground. We have an enemy, and <laughs> it's not necessarily that we've had that thought. It's what do we do with it? We're going to have that sort of thought. It's going to come because the enemy just does not want us to realise the truth. The truth is, healing is a natural activity for us. And it has nothing to do with our physical state. Absolutely nothing to do. But everything to do with our spiritual stature. <laughs> oh, okay. This may be a new concept to you. Um, but part of you is your spirit. Um you have a 24-7 party going on inside. Because it's righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Peace is the shalom of heaven, which when you look up that word, literally means the completeness, the wholeness, wellness. You have that 24-7. You have joy 24-7. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You have all of this going on. I feel like we're just right fight with you. I'm just going to take a moment just to connect with the party going on inside. for some of you this may actually mean connecting with peace inside but it's 24-7 the invitation is actually just sometimes to join in with what's going on 24-7 you can't stop it it's there it's happening but it's I think we're just becoming more and more aware of this reality and it's out of this reality that we see God do amazing things so Holy Spirit thank you (sighs) <laughs> Thank you for the 24-7 party. <laughs> wow. You have permission. <laughs> you have permission to join in. And if you need the Bible to, to back you up on the fact that you can heal the sick... Uh, Matthew 10 verses 7 to 8 As you go, proclaim this message The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. It is clear no matter the state of our physical body, we will see people healed. You know, faith is not necessarily demonstrated in the arena of the big public moment. It can be. It often is. But what we kind of start to learn and understand is that actually it's cultivated in the place of intimacy and in the vulnerability of honest conversations. And it's, I think it's forged in thousands of tiny moments that mark our day-to-day lives, where despite situations, we make decisions and take risks that say, in this moment, God, irrespective of the circumstances, I trust you, I believe you, I choose you, and I say yes. And this feeds into disappointment. Yes is a key to dealing with disappointment. Because in 2 Corinthians 1.20, it says that all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. I just feel like, actually, I'm going to stop on that. I just feel like heaven just wants to shout that yes over us. (laughs) All of heaven is shouting yes When Jesus said, it is finished, heaven, it's almost like heaven replied with this, yes! And that yes resounds throughout all eternity. And seeing as we are seated in heavenly places with him, whilst being heaven's feet on this earth, that resounding yes is somehow, I don't know how to describe it, but it's almost like it's part of us. It's actually who we are. We carry the yes. And then our response is Amen, which means yes. And that ascends to God for His glory. So basically, every single promise has a yes attached to it. Every single promise. And I don't believe that's just limited to uh, the Word, as such, in terms of the written Word, in terms of the Bible, but I also believe that is uh, attached to prophetic words, to anything and everything that brings encouragement that comes from heaven. It has a yes attached. And when we live in that yes, we're in agreement with heaven and we get to see stuff happen because we get to deal with disappointment and disappointment will come. It really will and it's it's not a problem to be disappointed but the key is not to stay there. So we have thousands of tiny unseen moments of trust and of absolute refusal to compromise what we know is true. And then in unswerving determination, in the face of circumstances that seemingly contradict what God has said we then have this foundation created when we live in that yes upon which great exploits are birthed and that takes courage um, I've got a YouTube clip uh, I found this on Facebook a couple of years ago and I, I kind of posted it and if, uh, for me if you wanted a picture of what it can look like in terms of courage and taking risk, and dealing with disappointment or having the courage to move on, the journey of growing in faith, I kind of think it can look a bit like this. Um, I've got a clip to play for you) <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? That clip for me, in terms of seeing the gospel, in terms of healing re-established, uh, healing reestablished is central to the gospel. We we need to be able to take risks. And uh, that is is like, for me, it's like the whole picture. You get the self-talk. You get the, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you, but Words of knowledge actually really, really kind of encapsulate this for me. You have the asking questions when you think you've had a word of knowledge. You then get this encouragement, helpful instruction from the unseen voice. You have the, ni- the nail-biting suspense, the freak out. <laughs> but you know what's beautiful about that? None of those guys know what was going on at the top of that slope. What you hear is celebration. <laughs> sheer joy and the confidence statement that basically says that risk seems like nothing now (laughs) (laughs) i mean clearly they've not just stuck the kid up there and he's never done it before but that's the point i feel like this journey of faith in this area is where we have done stuff before all of us are at different places in our journey and and this kid up on this ski slope Has done one before, but he's now stretching to go further and longer. He has a dream, maybe, to compete in the Winter Olympics. It's quite apt, actually. You don't know what this kid's dreams are, but he's pushing into something. So here's a dream to see healing fully re-established. And that's going to look different for everybody. But what... The potential is when we actually risk and take risk and move out in courage, is that we grow in faith, and all of heaven is released. And do you know what I, I particularly love about that? It's I I don't know where this quote came from. I think it's potentially from Kevin Devon's Treasure Hunt book um, by Bethel. It sounds quite a sort of quote you'd get around that. But basically, God rewards risk and not success, faith, not performance. The attempt, not the outcome. And at the core of it all is love. It's his signature. And we get to be the pen through which these torrents of grace flow, impacting people's lives around us. So, I'm going to end on testimony, because um, I'm looking at the time. So, the power of testimony. Um, <laughs> yeah. The way that I, I kind of describe this I, is that as miracle grow is to the garden, so testimony is to the seedbed of hope in which faith grows. It, it, that's it. <laughs> that's it, really. And actually, if we took this back to disappointment, hope, staying in hope, recovering hope, is key. Testimonies are to the seedbed of hope in which faith, the seedbed of hope in which faith grows. So, I just have some simple questions that are quite useful to ask ourselves in the realms of testimony. Because a bit like the, the lie thing that we laughed about, I'm sometimes you hear a testimony and this little voice can come in. Did that really happen? Is that really true? I don't know about anyone else, that has happened to me. You then have to deal with that. You have to see it from heaven's eyes. You have to see it through the eyes of honor. And simply believe. Because yes, it does happen. It did happen. So do we value testimony? Do we really value what's available? The potential to encourage, to build faith, to release love and power? Because it's not any story that we're hearing This is actually someone talking about what God has done. We're actually entering into the realms of eternity when we're listening to these stories because it's actually his story, which then becomes history in which we move and live and get to tell other people. See, we all have a history and actually history can be found in here. There are testimonies and stories of the love and power of God being released in here. So even if you're not sure that you've got a testimony, you're not aware of what God's doing around the world, it's in here. It's in here. And the good thing, the amazing thing about testimony, it creates this momentum. It gives courage to take risk and the faith to respond. Courage to take risk and the faith to respond. Um, I don't have time now to share. A story I was going to share. So I'm just going to share one out of here, and it's quite simple the woman with the issue of blood. She heard about Jesus. She would have heard stories. That gave her the courage to take a risk. And when you understand culturally what that meant for her, and it gave her the faith to respond. She heard, she took a risk. And the faith to respond was to reach out and touch Jesus. And as she did that, power left him and she was healed. Had she not heard what God was doing, had she not heard about Jesus, we would not have that story in here. If we don't tell our stories, his stories, maybe someone isn't going to get to hear about the goodness of God. The other amazing thing about testimonies, they do it again whenever we talk about what God has done and is doing, it releases spiritual reality in the room where we see God doing it again and again and again. So if there's a story of a back being healed, the reality is that in that moment, your back will be healed. That's the truth. That's the spiritual reality. We then get to hear the story. We get to have the courage to take the risk and we respond in faith and we grow in faith. So, I'm just going to summarize what I feel some of the essential points are for this. I feel that it's our responsibility when we become aware of what is possible. is not to back down. It is simply to believe. It is knowing who we are, whose we are, and the authority that we carry. It is knowing that Jesus, everywhere Jesus went, everyone was healed. It is knowing who we are. It's being real with God and dealing with disappointments. It is being increasingly confident that what we hope for will actually happen. And it is having an assurance about the things we cannot see. It is dreaming big with a good and compassionate God. It is Jesus getting everything he paid for. It is celebrating and remembering what God has done as an invitation for his love and power to be released again. Jesus said heal the sick, and he never asks us to do anything that he will not back up. And as Forrest Gump said, that's about all I have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Who here has operated in words of knowledge? Okay. Okay. Who wants to know about words of knowledge and learn? Okay, good. Um, Words of knowledge are information that you couldn't possibly know. And they reveal God's intention, God's heart. They can bring people into freedom, healing, all sorts of different things. Specifically in in healing, um, often you may feel a pain in your body. Um, Somehow you kind of know it's not your pain. Um, You can have an impression that um, that something is is not right so you might feel it or you might look at someone and you might find yourself looking at maybe their shoulder you might have a thought that comes to mind and i always call it go with the first thought and this again is is not one way or another it's actually unique to how you are how do you hear god go with that so words of knowledge for healing are really 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 i was gonna say easy they are the, courage, the difficult part comes with the courage part, to actually step over and go, okay. So, for example, um, it was during the, the Discovering Kingdom culture, and I was talking to someone about words of knowledge, and it was just like a demonstration thing. So I was saying, well, it's like you might be sitting next to someone, like I'm sitting next to you, and you might have an idea that some, that person has a problem with their shoulder. And as I said that, I heard... Not an audible, but it's like this impression, this person does have a problem with their shoulder. So I said to them, you do have a problem with your shoulder, don't you? He went, no, I haven't. I said, oh, and then you slip into, well look, I'm learning to hear from God, and this is what risk is about. And then it was a teaching moment, so I was saying, well actually, this is, this is fantastic, because now I can kind of, yeah, so this is about learning to take risk. And then they said about two minutes later, they said, I have actually got pain in my shoulder. <laughs> awesome. So uh, got to obviously God, God did what he needed to do. But it's so much fun. And my encouragement to you would be, wherever you are, if you have this sudden fleeting thought that this person might have something along those lines, what's the worst that can happen? Well, they going to say no. But actually then, here's the courage part. Keep with it. Press in. Because actually, they might do. <laughs> it's not a problem if they haven't. Every time we do this, we're learning. So the reason I'm saying this is, um, I felt like just to do a corporate sort of word of knowledge thing. Um, so what I'm going to do is, this is really fun, okay. What I'd like you to do is, I don't know how you guys hear God individually, but uh, let's just see what God wants to do. If you've got phones, you can kind of write them down, or just, just a one word of knowledge for a condition um, that, that someone here may have. And then we'll, we'll just release... Release the love and power of God and have fun. So um, we'll give it about a minute. It's quite a long time, but it kind of covers that whole ski jump thing. We're going to go through all of those parts. Um, And, uh, yeah.